welcome to the Paulian St. Paul Schools podcast. This is Ziva Clark, the Deputy Head. We invite you to join us to discuss the latest development at St. Paul's across the senior and junior schools, exploring our strategies and approaches to academic, pastoral and co-curricular life, evaluating current educational trends and introducing some of the key members of our community who shape the experience of our students. In our first ever episode, four keen and curious pupils want to find out more about our headmaster, Mr Titus Edge. He answers their probing questions about his vision and plans for the school and also about his childhood and memories. Grab your cup of tea or coffee and join us. My name's Anna. I'm a Form 3 pupil in the Tudor House, and I've been here since PP1. My name's Thomas. I'm a Form 3 pupil from the Stewart's House, and I've been here since the beginning of Form 3. Hi, I'm Ariana. I'm a Form 3 pupil from the Stewart's House, and I have been here since Prep 4. Hello, my name is Lucas. I'm a Form 3 pupil from the Windsor House, and I've been here since PP1. So welcome to the Simple Podcast. Welcome, everybody. Lovely to see you. We're all sitting here in my office on a beautiful afternoon, uh, and we have Anna, Mariana, Lucas, and Thomas around me to ask me lots of questions. Are you ready, guys? You are? Excellent. Good, good. So, who's going to ask the first question? So, Mr. Edge, tell us a little bit about your story. Uh, where did you grow up, and uh, what are some of your favorite memories? <laughs> okay, am I allowed to say my favorite memories on a podcast? Um, let me think. Um, so, I, uh, my childhood was one of, of, of real stability and, and happiness. Um, I, I don't have an inspiring sort of story of overcoming adversity, I'm afraid. I had a very, a very comfortable and stable childhood. Uh, my father's job... Uh, meant that we moved around frequently, so uh, I don't. I don't really have a home as such. I was born in Hong Kong. You know where that is, Hong Kong? Yeah, yep. So uh, in those days, it was part. It was a British colony in those days, so it was it was British. And so I was born uh, out there, and then uh, I moved around quite a lot when I was young. Um, so I moved from school to school, um, uh, moved from country to country, and then uh, I was sent to boarding school. You know what boarding school is? Yeah, where you where you, you spend spend all your, your days and nights there. Uh, I was sent to boarding school at the age of seven, so that's that's half your age, um, you, you four. So uh, it it was I was pretty young, and I, I look at I look at seven year olds around school at the moment, I think, my goodness, they are very young, and that's how how young I was when I was sent away to board. But actually, despite that, I have pretty pretty happy memories of school. I was, I was never, never top of the class particularly. I struggled with dyslexia um, and that was something which I think people were only just beginning to learn about at the time. Uh, but I was really well supported through that and I went to some great schools. I do remember actually, one memory I'll share with you, I do remember when I was at prep school, so I was probably about 10 or 11, I do remember doing a project on Brazil and I remember at the time it just seemed impossibly foreign and exotic as a country. And of course, I never knew I'd even go there, let alone living there. Uh, but I do remember very well doing a project on Brazil and, and learning about Sao Paulo and Rio. And uh, yeah, I, I'll see if I can dig it out. It might, it might, be, it might be in a drawer somewhere in my parents' house. That'd be fun, fun to find. So I do remember that. Uh, but no, my, my childhood and school days were, were, were pretty happy and, and, and pretty conventional. So uh, I was very, very lucky. Why did you become a teacher? 
Right. It, it's very difficult to answer this question without sounding really cheesy. Um, I, I'll try not to sound too cheesy. I'll probably fail. I suppose I always knew I wanted to do something where I had a direct impact on people's lives. I think that was always important to me. I wanted to make a difference, I suppose. And I also wanted to do something that I enjoyed. And I think that's probably quite good advice for anyone looking for a career. Do something which, you know, you're going to find fun and interesting because, after all, you've got to get up every morning and do it. And I quickly found that teaching gave me a really uh, fulfilling sense of satisfaction. Uh, I've certainly not regretted it for a minute um, uh, as a career. Um, I never really planned to be a headmaster. I never really planned uh, to work in Brazil, but I've enjoyed each teaching job I've done uh, over my career and uh, ended up here. And I think that's probably the secret. Find something you enjoy and what gives you satisfaction and fulfillment and where you can make a real, real difference. And I found teaching was, was something that ticked all those boxes for me. So, Mr. Edge, you lived in the UK for a while before coming to Brazil. So why did you choose to come to Brazil? So um, I've always wanted to work abroad. And I think one of the great things about working in education is you can, you can travel the world with it. Uh, and I never actually have worked abroad. So uh, this was kind of something I always wanted to do. British education, I think, is still seen as a strong brand uh, around the world. It's something of a gold standard, I think, for education right around the world. So being part of that, I think, was really exciting. Uh, as for Brazil, um, I have family connections with Brazil. It's a country I've visited a number of times, and I have a, a family connection with this school. So it was always, I suppose, a possibility that I might end up here. I always thought maybe one day I might, uh, and uh, I was looking for a new challenge. I'd worked at a great school, uh, but I'd been there seven years, and I was looking for something new, and this opportunity came up, and uh, it was too good to miss. So um, here I am. Um, you have worked in other schools before, but what is the most remarkable school you have come by, and why is that? Very hard to think of one example. And in a funny sort of way, I suppose all schools are remarkable because they do remarkable work. They're in the business of transforming lives uh, and preparing young people for the challenges of the future. And I think uh, although there are many models and many ways of doing that, schools are all remarkable for achieving what they do. Um, so I'm really reluctant to pick out one school. And I suppose the ones which leave a real impression are those which do a lot with very limited resources. I'm, I'm lucky I've worked in schools which generally have been able to do extraordinary things and had a lot of resource, uh, a lot of money uh, to be able to do what we want. And I think in some ways the more inspiring stories are schools where they don't have that. And yet with limited resources, they're able to still inspire young people to achieve extraordinary things. So I suppose without singling out school in particular, I think uh, I'm particularly inspired by those uh, places which are able to make extraordinary changes in people's lives but not have all the advantages that we have here at St Paul's. Experience at school. So what was your first impression of St. Paul's when you came to Brazil? Well, St. Paul's really struck me as a community, first and foremost. Uh, it is a school, of course, but it's much more than that. And I think that sense of community spirit really hit me, even though I arrived actually in lockdown. Uh, that was still very apparent to me. It's a school I think has got a very clear identity, uh, which is a strong, strong thing to have. It's very aware of its, its heritage, its, its legacy, 
where it's come from. But I think it's also a school that's willing to embrace innovation. It looks the future, and that's what strikes me as a real strength of, of the school. Uh, above all, um, I think my first impression was of a place that is committed to delivering a first-class education, and I think that's exactly what, what we do. So, yeah, first impressions were very favourable. All right, sir, how was the process of adapting to a new school and country during the pandemic? Oh, goodness. Well, great, great question, Anna. Um, well, I think we all underwent considerable challenges during the height of the pandemic. And so any problems I had, I think, probably were, were shared by many other people, and many people had it, had it far worse than I did. But yes, it's, it's very hard, I think, at the best of times to get to know a school well. And uh, even more so when we're in lockdown, when I arrived in the school, there was no one here at all. And for the first few months, we had uh, very few staff, no pupils in at all. So that was obviously difficult. But um, bit by bit, uh, I've got to know the school. Um, I think still even now, we've got some restrictions in place. People have been using face masks, uh, quite rightly. But it does mean it's very hard to get to know pupils, get to know staff, get to know families. Uh, as well as I would have liked. But there we have it. Uh, through adversity, I think we become stronger and we learn a lot. And in a funny sort of way, I've, I've rather relished the challenge of uh, being here at a, at a difficult time. Uh, and I think we've come through it really strongly. Sir, what do you think is your greatest accomplishment regarding our school? <laughs> ah, well, it's probably for others to say. Um, greatest accomplishment? Uh, well, I've, I've been here for a year and a, a half, I suppose. And I, I, I suppose I have to say, uh, getting the school through the lockdown was a bit of a priority when I arrived. I arrived uh, and there was no, no one here at all. Um, so that was a challenge. And I think get it, yeah, that was obviously a really challenging time uh, in the school's history. It was a challenging time to arrive at the school and to lead uh, the school through that was something I think I'm proud to have done. And that work goes on now. Beyond that, I was really keen that we should ensure that pupils still receive a really top education. That hasn't always been straightforward, but I think we've managed to do that, so I'm really proud of that. And I've also been working very hard to give the school a clear vision for the future. Uh, and I think we've got a really important job to do in the next five years as the school approaches its centenary in 2026, and we've put together a five-year vision for that, which I think is really exciting. And uh, it's been good to think about things other than just COVID uh, and think about how we're going to take this great school to the future where it can be uh, even greater in the years ahead. So let's talk a little bit more about uh, your experience from other schools, what you learned during the time you worked for those schools and how you might try to implement uh, that in uh, St. Paul's. Yeah, I mean, I've been really lucky. I've worked in several really great schools. And they've been very different. I mean, there have been schools in, in London, um, which have been day schools, a bit like this one, big day schools. I've worked in boarding schools in, in the countryside. In Scotland now, I've worked in Brazil. And they've all been different and distinctive, but all been, I think, really great schools in their own way. I think what I've learned is the, the best schools are those which have ambition. Um, I think that we shouldn't be afraid of thinking big. We shouldn't be afraid of having big ideas. And it's really important to have a vision. I think the school needs to have a sense of direction where we're going. I think having in, uh, the 100 years, five years away for us is a really helpful focal point. So I think uh, that's something I've really, really learned. The other thing I've, I've learned is I think the best schools are those which offer educational breadth. It always worries me when schools just want to focus on one or two things with a student. 
you know, find what you're good at and they just focus on that. So you're a very good violin player, they just focus on that. And that's important, but I think then you miss out on a range of other things. And I think a really great school will, will impel you to do lots of things outside of your immediate interest, perhaps make you do things which you're not so good at or things you think you might not like. I think that's really important. So I think that's another thing I've learned working at these schools is that those which, which really uh, inspire pupils to go beyond who they think they are are ones which really, uh, really are great. And if I want anything for Pelians, I think it's using the time you have at the school to do a range of things which you wouldn't otherwise do and you might not think you're any good at and you might never do again, but at least you've tried. And I think if we can give you breadth, a range of experiences, then you can uh, discover so much about who you are and actually go beyond who you think you are at the moment. And I think that's, that's really, really important. What do you think makes Simple's different and sets it apart from other schools? So what's, why is Simple unique? Uh, so, I mean, I think all schools have their own character. Whether, whether we're unique or not, I, I think we can, we, can, we can argue about. I mean, I think we're distinctive, and that's really important, and we do have our own character. Uh, what are the characteristics that stand out? I think we balance a British educational outlook with a sort of Brazilian cultural flair really well. I think we get that, that cultural balance uh, right in a really interesting way. So I think that's something which really stands out for me, which makes the school really, really special. And I speak as, a, as, an, as an Englishman who is an outsider but knows Brazil reasonably well. So I think that balance comes through really well. I think the other thing which stands out in this school, again, I think we do well, is we balance the sort of sense of tradition and history and that, that almost 100 years of legacy we have. We balance that really nicely with a sense of innovation and we embrace the future and we have a thoroughly modern outlook. I think we, we represent the best of modern educational and social values. We're not sort of tethered by a ball and chain to our past and feel that we have to, to honour our past in a way which doesn't allow us to, to, to develop. So I think getting that balance between the old and the new is really important here. Um, above all, though, I think, I think this is the measure of any school, is, is what the pupils are like. And are the pupils outgoing, happy, well-adjusted, performing well? And the answer here is yes, and I think that really stands out here. Um, and um, I often say um, to, to parents looking at a school, you must judge a school by, by its pupils. But also what those pupils are like 10, 20, 30, 40 years after they leave the school. You know, are, they, are they people who, who go on to have successful, happy lives? Um, are they people who are loyal to the school? And if they are, that tells you something about the institution as well. And I think uh, St. Paul's is one of those schools. So, uh, so yeah, I, I do think we're a great school. I think we are uh, distinctive, and those qualities really stand out to me. School Practices What do you think about our school student council and its impact on our students? Um, I think, well, firstly, I believe it's really important that pupils have a strong voice in any school. I think that that's absolutely vital. And the, the student council here is an important part of that. I haven't really been in the school long enough to make a comment about how effective it's been over the years, but what I've seen of it, I've been impressed by. But I think there are other ways in which pupils can get involved uh, and 
make a difference in the schools. If you're not on the council, I'd hope that there'll be other ways in which you can make your voice felt. And we've launched our whole school surveys for, for pupils. There'll be one next term, and I'd be really interested to hear uh, all your views on a, a range of issues. I suppose one thing I would like to see for the future is, is perhaps explore possibilities for more responsibility and more leadership for pupils uh, within the school. We do have the student council, we do have a prefect body. Um, I'd like to think about perhaps other outlets for pupils who have got ideas, uh, who want to take on a bit of responsibility to do just that. So I think it's an area uh, which we do well, but room for more development as well. So let's talk a little bit about uh, sustainability and uh, the environment. What are some of St. Paul's plans regarding sustainability? Well, it's, it's, a, it's a really great question. And undoubtedly, climate change, environmental matters are the biggest single concern, I think, facing the world at the moment and will, I think, dominate your generation in many ways as you go forward. It's something which is, is, is a real threat to the world at the moment. And St Paul's, I think, like any responsible institution, uh, is doing what we can to be responsible. And I suspect, if we're honest with ourselves, there's still more we can do. But obviously we have Green Week, which we had earlier this term, which was a real focus on sustainability at the school. Uh, we achieved EcoSchools accreditation last term. Uh, which is largely the work of the sustainability group, recognising work of pupils across the school in making us a more sustainable institution. And we got the much-coveted green flag for that, which I think is a really, really good thing. Uh, in terms of practical steps, we've been looking at how we promote the reduction of food waste at the school. Uh, you'll see there are more recycling bins across the school at the moment. Uh, we've promoted the use of reusable uh, water bottles rather than single-use plastic and even the paper uh, which I see is sprawling across uh, the desk at the moment you'll see that that is now um, a more sustainable option uh, than we used to have in the past and these things in themselves don't transform the world but it's by doing these small things well doing the simple things well that I think we can all make a real contribution. I would like to ask you too what is like, in your opinion, the effect of personal presentation on learning? Oh, it's everything, I think, Mariana. It's, it's, it's really, really important. I mean, at its heart, I think education is about uh, making personal connections between the pupil and the teacher, and I think that really only can be done when uh, you're face-to-face. And I think doing that online is, is incredibly difficult. I think we can do great things online. But uh, there's nothing that beats a teacher in a classroom who's able to make that personal connection and really inspire young minds. And I, I think that that's a really important part of, of education. So technology is uh, something that can work miracles in the right hands, but it has limits. So, uh, no, I think having a, a personal element uh, to teaching and teaching face-to-face is absolutely crucial. And I think we did a really good job when we couldn't do that uh, over the last year or so. But nothing quite beats being here in school uh, with the teachers, I think. What led you to think that the new portfolio-based system was necessary and how did you organize it? So um, I think this is really about how we can best make judgments on how pupils like, uh, like yourselves learn. And that's important because that means we know how best to support you and how best to adjust teaching methods to ensure that you're going to achieve your full potential. And I think just relying on one or two tests which you cram for the night before is not a true measure of 
the learning process. And learning is, is far more complicated than that and far more complex. And any judgment about how well you are progressing must be based on other factors, such as how you're doing in class, your homework, project work, uh, verbal contributions you make in lessons, uh, as well as tests. I mean, tests are still important, but they should not be the only measure that teachers use to assess how well you are learning. So I think it's really important that they have a range of evidence to see how you're progressing, and that means they can have a really useful conversation with you and your parents about how you're developing, and we can really focus on those areas uh, that need greater development, and uh, that's all for the good. I think it's really important that you get the right support that you need. And, yep, tests are important. They really are, and they're part of that. But they should not be the sole measure of pupil progress because it just gives you a tiny fraction of the overall picture. Looking ahead. If you could disregard the entire budget, what would be some of your ideas for the school? So if I could disregard the budget, have a bigger office for me, you mean? That'd be one thing. No, I'm joking. Um, and there are so many things I think we, we, we should be looking at at the school, and some of them are going to cost money. But let, let's, 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 let's just take your question broadly. I mean, one is I think uh, it would be great if, the St Paul's education was available to people who may not necessarily be able to afford the fees. Uh, so I think scholarships are really, really important. And I think that would enrich the school as well. And we've got a scholarship programme at the moment, which is still quite small, but it's growing. Uh, so I'd really like to see that uh, develop over the next few years. That's going to cost money and it's going to take a lot of investment of time. But I think the result will be that more people from different backgrounds will benefit from a St Paul's education. And I think it will enrich the experience for pupils here because it will mean there's more diversity and it means that the school better represents the reality out there in the real world. When you leave St Paul's, you'll find there are lots of people out there who didn't go to St Paul's and don't share your cultural assumptions and don't speak or look like you. And I think the more we can maximise your exposure to a broad socio-economic intake is really, really important. Um, other projects um, which we've got in our five-year plan is the creation of an innovation centre. I think that's a, a gap in the curriculum at the moment. Uh, we, we do very well in arts, we do very well in science, but where they come together, where we have design, technology, uh, robotics, media, I think there's more we could do there. So I, I would love to see uh, that develop in the school uh, over the next few years. I think that's something probably to look out for. I've talked about breadth of educational experience. I'd love to get more pupils out of the school and learning beyond Sao Paulo, so maybe a an outdoor centre somewhere, again that's in the five year plan, to look at that as a possibility where pupils can go for outdoor education, adventure training, uh, learn about sustainability, the environment, uh, biology, um, perhaps uh, have some outreach programmes there to have community service in some areas uh, outside Sao Paulo. So I think getting pupils outside of the Jardines, our, our wonderful campus here, but getting a bit of experience out there would be really good as well. So there's lots to do, but we do have to do it in budget. Uh, we can't completely ignore it, uh, as your question implies, but I don't think that stops us thinking big and, and having bold ideas for the future.
Just to finish off, what are your main ideas and plans for the school and how do you plan on implementing them in the next few years? So we've launched a five-year vision for the school that was launched this term uh, and at its heart is releasing the passion for everyone to achieve the best in themselves. So we can't all be the best at everything we do, that would be impossible, but we can all be the best that we can be and we can all try to be better people than we were Yesterday, each time we get out of bed every morning, we should be thinking, okay, I'm going to be the best person I can be and really try my best in all areas. And underpinning this, there are six core values. The first one is aspiration. I think we should all aim high. So we should have superb teaching and learning at the school. We should give you the tools that you need to achieve your full potential. So aspiration is really, really important. The next one's adventure. Uh, We want your educational journey to be exciting we think childhood and adolescence and teenagehood should be an exciting time an interesting time and be a time of a breadth of experiences i've talked about that already but having a broad range of experience make it a real real adventure so aspiration adventure the first two the third one is resilience Um, i think it's really important that as young people you all learn to cope with setbacks we all have to deal with failure and difficulties from time to time. Uh, That is just part of life. And having the coping mechanisms to deal with that is is really, really important. And I think that in a a safe space like a school where we have a really caring environment is is a safe space for you to learn about resilience and coping with with setbacks when they happen. The next one's responsibility. Uh, I think it's really important that pupils understand their obligations to each other to their communities and to their country and to the world. We talked about the environment earlier on. Uh, So I think that's really important as well. So giving people a real sense of of social uh, responsibility is very important. Uh, And then we've got inclusion. We've talked a little bit about scholarships and making the school diverse, uh, making it a school which represents uh, the wider world out there, I think, is really important and have an intake of more backgrounds, more talents, more cultures within the school. And the final one is kindness. I think we need to be compassionate and respectful to each other. And that should be at the heart of everything we should do. So aspiration, adventure, resilience, responsibility, inclusion and kindness. Of those six, which is the most important? Uh- responsibility maybe okay interesting i think maybe kindness kindness yeah what do you think i think resilience resilience i think maybe kindness because if you make a lot of friends they can help you out in the future i mean they're all really important aren't they for me actually i think it's a really clear answer it is kindness i think it we can do extraordinary things we can we can have extraordinary accomplishments to our names we can do great things but actually fundamentally if we can't be decent to each other if we can't treat each other with respect and compassion, then actually that's, that's, that's really going to diminish everything else we do. So I think, above all, we should be kind to each other. And actually, in life, if, you, if you're faced with difficulty, do the thing which is kind, do the thing which has compassion at its heart, do the right thing, and you can't go too far wrong. Thank you so much for dedicating your time, and we're very happy, so thank you. That's great. No, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. And great questions, can I say. Really tough questions. Much harder when I had an interview here. So you should be interviewing people when they come to be headmaster next time. Very, very tough questions, but really, really lovely to speak to you all. And um, thank you for, for thinking up such good questions and showing such an interest in the school. It's been a real pleasure for me as well. Thanks so much. The Paulian. 
Everything you need to know about school life. Read about the beginning of the term in our newsletter, as well as some of the plans for the busy term ahead. Thank you for listening. If you want to send us any feedback or suggestions about this podcast and areas that you would be interested for us to cover in future podcasts, send us an email via contact at stpauls.br. See you soon and thank you for listening to our first ever Paulian podcast. Mm-hmm.